Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Culture Wars. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and today I want to discuss something that none of you will have been able to avoid if you're on social media or just going outdoors. Uh, because it's June, uh, which most people used to recognize as, you know, the, uh, the month that school gets let out or the month that summer formally begins. Uh, but now our elites want everybody to know June as Pride Month. June is the month where pride parades are happening right across North America. All sorts of festivities and events are going to be taking place nonstop. Uh, and this is also when our media engages in the stupid and disingenuous game of demanding that every politician who has ever achieved elected office or is seeking to achieve elected office show up at one of these parades in order to flaunt their approval of the various lifestyles being advocated there. Now, because all of you are going to be exposed to this, well, probably already have in the past week and a half or so, but are certainly going to be exposed to this over the next month or so, I figured I would just take a look at the uh, issue of the Pride Parade for a couple of reasons. And the first one I want to point at is something that I think is important to recognize because a lot of people don't know exactly what happened here. And that's the fact that it's pretty impossible to miss the fact that basically every major big business and corporation uh, utilizes this month to virtue signal their support for the LGBT movement as loudly and enthusiastically as they possibly can. And so you're going to see all these bank kiosks that are wrapped in the rainbow flag. That's pretty much every single uh, Canadian bank, every major bank at this point does that. The various social media platforms will ensure that they've got the rainbow flag wrapped around their logos in some form or another, along with a lot of other uh, major corporations. A lot of government buildings will do that. You saw the recent uh, fracas in the media about whether or not the Trump administration was going to permit pride flags to be hoisted over embassies. And so you've got all these garbage tempests and teapots about whether or not, you know, every government agency, every corporation, every business, every social media platform is adequately and loudly and enthusiastically showing their support for the various lifestyles that are stuffed into the increasingly sprawling and slumping LGBTQ to S alphabet soup acronym because it's June and that's what we do now. And there's a few things I want to take a look at. The first thing is this strange marriage uh, between the big corporations, big business and progressive politics, specifically socially liberal values. Because traditionally in, in the United States, for example, um, the Republican coalition was generally understood to be a marriage between big business, the corporations, and social conservatism. And that coalition has abruptly collapsed. And a lot of the debates about the future of conservatism that are going on right now actually revolve around this fact, the fact that the big businesses, the big corporations that the left always accused the right of being in bed with are now very firmly in bed uh, with the left, with the progressives, and are doing their very best to show that they are in bed with the left. And it's very interesting. You saw just this week over a 100 CEOs sign a document condemning the passage of abortion laws in different American states. You see them doing their very best uh, for everyone to see that they oppose religious liberty laws, protections for freedom of conscience, and are fully support 
uh, f- fully supportive of every single jot and tittle of the LGBT agenda. And this is a very significant shift because it wasn't very long ago that a lot of the big business and big corporation types were on the right side of the fence. They were counting on the Republican Party to give them massive tax cuts and things like that. So where did this shift come about? And there's a bunch of reasons for this, of course. There's, of course, like the, the where these corporations are located for the, for the, uh, to a large extent, right? We're talking New York City, Silicon Valley. These are just more liberal areas. Um, but also there's, there's a, a theory increasingly pushed by people like Daryl E. Paul, who wrote a book called How the Elites Brought America to Same-Sex Marriage, which was published, I believe, by Oxford University Press. Although I'll have to check on that. I did an hour-long interview with him recently on my other podcast, The Van Maren Show. And Tucker Carlson, in his recent book, um, uh, Ship of Fools, which I reviewed over at thebridgehead.ca, and the case they make is that big business and big corporations uh, are engaging in the same unethical practices they always did. And they're engaging in the same unethical practices that used to get them targeted by the left, that used to get them targeted uh, by the progressives, right? They're running sweatshops overseas. They're crushing the worker to try and improve their bottom line and to wring the, the largest amount of dollars out of each project, out of each product, regardless of the cost, uh, to the working man or woman. And in fact, as Carlson points out, a lot of these big companies that that ceaselessly wave the rainbow flag uh, never bothered to actually pay their own employees, you know, health care or give them any sort of benefit package that might improve their standard of living or even, you know, prevent them from bankrupting themselves when 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 a, when a treatable disease comes along. But what they're doing is they're buying the left off by virtue signaling on the right. The, the so-called right issues, right? So if they fly, fly the rainbow flag, if they let everybody know that they are the wokest corporation on the block, that they are fully on board with the transgender agenda, they are part of the resistance, suddenly all those business practices that might have gotten them targeted by the old guard left, those things just vanish. Because just because... They don't treat their workers very well just because at the end of the day, what they're really obsessed with, what they're primarily obsessed with is increasing their own profit margin. As long as they are stumping for the LGBT agenda, everybody's going to give them a pass. As long as they get a good grade from the human rights campaign, nobody's going to call them out for what they're doing, you know, in China or India or elsewhere. It's 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 all good. And so it's very interesting. This is sort of a bait and switch. They're displaying uh, there, this is like the, this is the definition of virtue signaling. They want everybody to know they're a good company, owned and run by good people, because they are woke and they endorse the right causes, regardless of what they are doing behind the scenes, regardless of whether or not they're you know giving their workers good health care benefit packages or anything of that sort. And so it's interesting when you see uh, these massive pride flags flapping. Uh, you know, atop the the business headquarters of various corporations, or you see them changing their social media logos and things like this, you should treat this with the level of cynicism it deserves. Uh, I'm not saying that the CEOs don't believe this stuff, considering the crowds that they run in and the pools they swim in. I'm sure they do believe this stuff, but that doesn't change the reality that this is a very cynical calculation. And so, yeah, Pride Month is something that now corporations and businesses use in order to sort of burnish their woke credentials and assure everybody that regardless of what you've heard, they are a great company supporting great causes. And you know what? They'll prove this by running some massive float in your local Pride Parade.
The second thing to look at here is Pride Month is now is now used by LGBT activists to essentially renew their attacks on politicians who they suspect might not be fully on board with their agenda. So in the Canadian context for a moment, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen it actually make the news when conservative leaders decide or decide not to attend Pride parades. And it, it's ridiculous to consider the fact that this might actually be news. If we just journey back for a moment, uh, when legislation was initially passed through the Canadian Parliament that decriminalized, uh, you know, a whole raft of behaviors, including abortion, including divorce, things like that, the the entire thing was was defended by the original Trudeau, the the far smarter one, but just as damaging uh, Pierre Trudeau, who said the state has no business in the bedrooms of the nation. In other words, it is not the government's business what two consenting adults do behind closed doors. It simply is not. And thus, the government should stay out of this business entirely. And we now see that whole process inverted. Every single year when Pride Month rolls around, we see progressive politicians uh, berating and targeting various conservative politicians for not attending Pride or for appearing to be insufficiently enthusiastic about the various grinding and twerking and other sort of obscene things that go on in public during Pride Month. And they all demand to know why conservative politicians don't want to, even when they know the answer to that question. And so the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast to begin with is there was a discussion uh, on CTV News, which is one of Canada's uh, major news outlets. And it was a panel discussion moderated by uh, Evan Solomon, a well-known political journalist. And in that discussion, one of the journalists that was commenting on whether or not conservative leader Andrew Scheer would attend the Pride Parade, uh, she actually said, look, if you're auditioning for prime minister, show up and march. Like, shut up and march, Andrew. Right. It's it, it's time that you get over any moral hang ups you might have, any personal distaste you might have at marching in a parade filled with guys, you know, wearing uh, buttless chaps, uh, grinding on floats, uh, wearing thongs or, or speedos and things like that. Get over it and show up. Because if you're going to be a prime minister, you have to endorse every jot and tittle of the entire LGBTQS agenda. And if you don't show up at this parade, you have clearly indicated that you're a failure as a leader because you're on the, quote, wrong side of history, even though we've got about 20 years on this side, the side where civilization accepts same-sex marriage as something valid, and a few thousand years on the other side. So I think that that's a bit premature to say. But think about it for a second. You've got journalists saying, just shut up and march. And the reason they can get away with doing this is because the vast majority of Canadians who find this whole display very distasteful uh, simply don't engage on social issues at all. If you actually look at what Canadians think about social issues, uh, the reason that most people uh, don't actually realize how many Canadians are more dispositionally inclined uh, to the social conservative side of things is because Canadian society is quite balkanized and very few people actually vote on social conservative issues. But there's always been there's always a few indicators that show to us just how many people actually hold those values, even if they don't articulate them publicly or outside of their communities and even if they don't vote on them. So, for example, when uh, when the sex ed controversy erupted here in Ontario under the uh, fortunately um, 
He fortunately ended premiership of Kathleen Wynne. Uh, we saw that it wasn't actually white social conservatives, Catholic or, or Protestant social conservatives, that were protesting at Queen's Park primarily. It was actually it was actually Muslim and Sikh and Hindu parents who were primarily angry about this because although they don't vote on LGBT issues, although they don't publicly express their opposition often, the second it affected their kids, that's when they stood up and said, look, no, get this out of my community, get this out of my school, I don't want you teaching my kid this stuff. Same thing happened when uh, Justin Trudeau tried to insert that abortion clause into the application process for the Canada Summer Jobs Program. Suddenly, at these meetings where outraged religious groups were gathering to protest the fact that they were expected to sign off on support for abortion and LGBT issues in order to actually get access to a government program intended for all people, suddenly we saw that there were a lot of people who were not on board with this progressive agenda, even if they usually voted liberal. Suddenly, I was at some of these meetings. There were Sikh leaders, Hindu leaders, Muslim leaders, Jewish leaders. You know, every stripe and every variety of Christian showed up. These are people that never talk about social issues in public. These are people who never campaign on these issues. And these are people generally who don't vote on these issues. And yet, when they get shoved into a corner and told they have to agree with the liberals, uh, you know, the same party they're probably voting for a lot of the time, that's when they're like, no, no, I don't buy this, and I'm, I'm opposed to this. And so... It's it's kind of weird that you've got these journalists, um, almost exclusively, by the way, you know, sort of white postmodern journalists that are on these panels who are saying, you know, Andrew Scheer should show up at Pride Parade. Otherwise, he's, you know, an offense to all Canadians when the mil- millions and millions of Canadians just ignore Pride Month. They find it sort of a distasteful display. They ride the whole thing out, wait till it's over, and they just simply refuse to comment on it publicly. But we can see when these issues get forced into the public square that there are a ton of people who think just like him. And there's another point to be made here, too. And that point is simply that Pride Parades are very obscene public displays of lewdness, uh, public displays of nudity, and it's pretty disgusting what goes on in public. These are very obscene parades, and I'd be saying this if it was a, a straight a straight pride parade, too. I see that phrase was trending on Twitter a while ago, and for the record, I think a straight pride parade is a stupid idea. Um, and I think that any parade that features uh, sexually explicit, sexually charged activities and nudity has absolutely no place in public. But the CBC, okay, Canada's public broadcaster, doesn't actually think it's a problem if children see nude men at Pride. This is how far we've gone down this slippery slope. This is how disgusting we as a society have gotten, is we'll actually defend children seeing nudity. And I'll read you an excerpt from the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. They actually said uh, people might actually see, children might see nude people there, but... You should still consider taking your kids. You should still consider taking your kids to the Pride Parade because it's an interesting discussion to have with your kids. So, you know, kids under the age of five can see drag queens waving their genitals, but that is a, quote, great opportunity for an interesting discussion, right? Since when is kids seeing, you know, the adult genitals of LGBT people parading on the streets to celebrate the sex that they enjoy? Since when is that a good discussion on a good opportunity for a discussion i'll read you here's a full excerpt from that article julie and angela burnett are mums to two busy boys under two 
almost two-year-old Liam and four-month-old Ben, and they live about an hour's drive from the city. Despite the effort of loading up the car with baby and toddler essentials, we will always attend because it instills a sense of pride in our children and our family as a whole, they say. I want our boys to broaden their sense of what a family is and be reassured that ours is just as special and important as all other types of families they see. Pride gives them that. And whether or not your family is part of the LGBT community or not, who doesn't want to raise children that grow up to be thoughtful and open-minded allies? This is, this is Canada's public broadcaster writing this, by the way. And they sneer. They sneer at those who won't attend Pride, and they, yet they actually defend kids, little kids, children, seeing nude men, seeing men in bondage gear, seeing people act out simulated sex acts on floats and in the parades, seeing people you know, walking past in various states of undress. This is something that you should take kids to. It's ridiculous. And if you take a look at actually, like every year, the, the videos that flood onto Twitter and the photographs, I saw one particularly horrifying picture. It was a little girl. She was probably four or five or six years old. And she was standing there like and staring in shock as this, you know, gay male with his genitals hanging out strolls past naked. Like this, this is disgusting. It's wrong. And it shouldn't take any guts to point out that exposing children to this kind of thing is absolutely disturbing and absolutely repulsive. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. Uh, very, very recently, there's a, there was a gay columnist who wrote in the National Post, Josh DeHaas, and he wrote, I'm gay and I wouldn't blame Doug Ford, that's Ontario's premier, for avoiding Toronto's pride parade. And here's why. He said, there are some perfectly legitimate reasons to skip the annual bash. I'm gay and boycotted the parade last year. So did a lot of other people, apparently, because Pride's beverage sales declined from $348,917 in 2016 to $197,336 in 2017. And he said, look, the reason it's perfectly legitimate to skip Pride, and again, this is a gay columnist writing, not a social conservative like myself, he said, because some on the left have claimed Ford's description, that's Doug Ford again, of Pride as an event where middle-aged men with pot bellies run down the street buck naked was evidence of homophobia. I'd say that was just an accurate description of what goes on. Disturbingly, more and more parents are bringing young children to watch the parade, exposing them to provocative displays of sexuality that no child should witness. If a politician believes in family values, why would he or she want to be associated with such debauchery? Again, that is not that is not a social conservative like myself writing this. This is a gay columnist. So basically, we and he's not the only one. Let me let me read you a, another excerpt actually from a column written by my friend JG McCullough. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, but he's a gay columnist as well. He writes for the Washington Post. He writes for the National Review. And he actually writes that he can understand why most people would not want to attend Pride. And here's why. He was actually explaining why he doesn't attend Pride, even though he's gay. Well, I'm no prude. Actually, strike that, he writes. I am a prude. And what of it? Flipping through the online albums of Toronto Pride, one finds ample documentation of S&M couples, barely their thongs, buttless chaps, and all manner of grinding, thrusting, jiggling, and twerking. It is perfectly acceptable to find such things gross or distasteful and an exploitative cheapening of both sex and the body. It is no great character flaw to value modesty or dignity, nor is it bigoted to esteem forbearance and control. Libertine attitudes towards sex, nudity, and fetishism and ex exhibitionism are an issues in entirely disconnected from the civil rights matter of whether people of divergent sexual orientations are deserving of the same rights. 
So there you go. That's two gay columnists essentially saying exactly what I'm saying, which is that these pride parades are obscene displays of vulgarity, sexual exhibitionism, and worse, they are increasingly events billed as family-friendly and attended by children where children are exposed to all the sorts of things that I just listed out for you. And I see there's a video currently trending on Twitter. It's got well over a million views of this little kid, five or six years old, little boy, uh, shirtless, in drag, twerking and dancing in, in, this, in, in, in what's intended to be a sexually provocative manner. Any sane, common-sense human being can think that this is disgusting. And so I'm glad Andrew Shear is not attending Pride. I'm glad Jason Kenney isn't attending Pride. But it would be nice to see our conservative politicians just stop listening to this garbage spouted by these empty commentators like the idiot on the panel who said uh, that if she, he wants to be prime minister, he has to show up at this display of sexual exhibitionism because, you know, that's apparently required of a decent person to attend something, you know, where, you know, nude and semi-nude people walk around, grind each other, you know, engage in dry humping on floats going past large groups of children taken by, there by irresponsible parents and go on the offensive a little bit to explain exactly why pride is an unacceptable thing for people to take kids to and it's just not his cup of tea if he doesn't have the guts to point out that he's a practicing catholic and that jason kenny's a practicing catholic and that as practicing catholics they cannot morally support the lgbt agenda as on display at the pride parade everybody knows this everybody knows they're practicing catholics everybody knows they disagree with the lgbt agenda but everybody has to play this stupid game where we pretend that they're not and we demand to know why they won't attend the pride parade but i'd like them just to be brave enough to say exactly what gay columnists are saying in mainstream canadian publications like the national post which is that these are obscene displays of sexual exhibitionism. It's no place for children. And quite frankly, it's no place for anybody who doesn't want to see that sort of thing. And that would apply to any other sort of parade, uh, regardless of what it was celebrating that involved that sort of behavior. And so that's just what I wanted to run through real briefly with you guys. Thank you so much for joining me on the Culture Wars once again. But yeah, it's Pride Month, and I just wanted to point out that the corporations are in bed with the LGBT movement, which is why you're going to see the rainbow slogan overcome virtually every major business that you walk past or come across on social media. We're seeing that the Canadian LGBT movement was lying when they said the state had no business in the bedrooms of the nation because they want the state to show up, applaud what they do, celebrate what they do in the bedroom, and even fund the behavior uh, in various ways. And even gay columnists say that these are displays of sexuality inappropriate for children. There's no good reason why people like Andrew Shear and anybody else just can't come out and say that. Thank you so much for joining me on this show. Head over to thebridgehead.ca to check out my other podcasts, other shows that I do, as well as daily commentary. And I hope you'll join us again for the next show coming up here very soon. Bye.